Welcome to Wind Down with Kev, a weekly podcast with Kevin Spann, the insurance guru. Each week, listen to Kevin discuss current hot topics with community leaders, business owners, and more. So welcome to Wind Down with Kev. My name is Kevin Spann. I'm your host for the evening, Kevin Spann, the insurance guru, Kevin Spann, the all-state agent, Kevin Spann, the man with the plan to give back to the community and do everything I can to talk to us important people at a time like this. Tonight, I am joined by my good friend. Uh, why don't I let you go ahead and introduce yourself. My next guest actually needs no introduction. The young man I've known close to 15 years right now, but I'm going to let him tell him, tell you his name, who he is, what he does, and we're going to jump in and go forward right there. So Tell, talk to the people that's going to listen to this podcast. Tell them your name, tell them who you are, and tell them what you do. Well, hello, everyone. This is uh, Paul Sibley, the principal of Wine Dance High School. It's a pleasure to be here today with my man, uh, Kevin Spann. Um, nothing like being around anyone who want to change uh, students' lives. And I really appreciate what you do uh, for them and this great community, sir. Well, thank you, I appreciate it. That's a humble introduction. I'm not gonna let you get away with that, people. The man that I'm talking to is much, much more than that. First and foremost, he's a man of God. He's a family man, he's a husband, he's a father. Uh, he posts about his parents, so he's also a very good son. He's a principal at our uh, school district, my alumni, Wyandanche Memorial High School, proud member of the class in 1980, and he is a man with a heart for the community. So I wanted to do this, Paul, because this was an incredible year. This was an, an, an incredible year um, and, and so many levels. Um, so before we go forward into everything that's taking place this year, let's dial back to 2019. Um, we had the uh, good pleasure of having a championship team that won a county championship and the whole community came together um, to watch that happen. So let's talk about that emotion. Let's talk about what that felt like. Oh man, you know, it's nothing like sports, first of all, you know. Um, I'm at every game at the high school, the boys know it, um, simply because I'm here today doing this job because of the grace of God was sports. Um, I played almost everything in high school. I played football, basketball, baseball, I ran track. Nice. Uh, so to me, sports is an important tool and vehicle for these young men um, in the high school. So that particular year, uh, I can tell you, uh, Coach Baker, you know, shout to Barry Baker, coaches butt off that year. Um, we had a very talented group. You know, a bunch of young men that worked hard and, um, and achieved uh, part of their goal. But um, I must say, all those young men also were eligible to play. That's important. That's highly important. Um, as I say to them sometimes, you know, uh, you're not here to go to transition to the University of Straight Path. You know? That's right. I want you to get on a straight and narrow path. Um, so you could be successful. So we put everything in place to ensure that these young men take advantage academically. So when they conclude 
uh, their year playing ball, they can transition into college. Now, you, you, you said a lot. I want to go um, from that right into after a very successful season, the whole alumni was excited. Uh, I made it to a few games, not as many as I would like. But definitely, we were able to follow a live on Facebook, compliments of assistant coach Sharon Baker, JV head basketball coach, and some others that showed it. So we're all excited. We come to the end of the 2019 school year, and then we go into the summer, and we're faced with the challenge that we don't have a budget, and we're faced with the fear and the concern that there will be no buses, no activities, no athletics for the kids at all. Yeah, I tell you, um, that was one of the biggest challenges I ever came across as the principal of Wyandance High School. It began with a couple young men sending me uh, text messages. Uh, Mr. Sibley's, is this really true? Um, we're not playing ball next year. What's going on with sports? And this one particular text said, well, I have to transfer out. You know, I'm going to transfer to play ball somewhere else, but I want to come back and graduate at Wine Dance. Wow. <laughs> that particular text didn't allow me to sleep that night. And um, I woke up the next morning uh, just with a, a mission, a mission uh, to pray first and ask God, you know, to just lead me. And no matter what, there are always some good people in this world. That's and right. the Bible is about action, you know? Acts, you shall receive, seek, you'll find, knock, and it'll open. So I put the challenge out there and went ahead and did just that. And lo and behold, um, the doors just started opening and opening and open till it became an abundance of help. Beautiful. And Say, I, I, I couldn't do it myself, you know. Uh, there's quite a few staff there that was uh, right by my side um, to ensure that, you know, we did pull this off. And we were able to move forward with the sports. And uh, the, I think I lost just one, <laughs> one particular student who many probably know about. Of course. Of course. <laughs> went to the enemy <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's okay it worked out well right. for him he yeah, actually yeah. led another district to a county championship yeah. and, he, and he, <laughs> did, he did well for himself but um the good book also says um you have to have a vision and you shared that vision because reading about it from the outside looking in um, i felt devastated and um, wasn't sure what we could do but once you had that vision and you began to share it, um, one, of the, one of the scriptures that I run my business by um, is write the vision and make it plain so the people see it, they can run with it. You have right. to write things down. You have to put a vision out there. And then all the help that was there all along is just waiting on the sidelines. It can come in and people can uh, propel it and move it forward. And um, certainly by you being obedient, by hearing the vision, by sharing the vision, you got things done. Um, we open up the school year. Uh, it's funny, I was thinking about this this past weekend attending the graduation. Um, before the school year started, I met you right on the back of the football field outside the gym. 
and we yes, were able sir. to give the uh, the kids the T-shirts, the football players, saying we are the Warriors. We did it for the football team and the basketball team, and it felt so good because mm -hmm. they were back. And uh, fast forward, you had me at a guest at the pep rally, and the energy was amazing. The energy was amazing of um, the class of 2020. The energy was amazing in the high school just with all of the uh, students. Talk to me about the what it felt like being at the pep rally for a school year that wasn't supposed to have any activities, but to have the whole gym filled with students just excited about, you know, what had actually taken place. Well, you know, this is about spirit, man, school spirit. You know, this is what keep you going. This is what you guys still today talk about, you know, <laughs> the, the spirit of everything, you know, especially the homecomings and the flows and, you know, the things you did, uh, the little parties, you know, um, these kids work for that and they deserve it. And they have wine dance pride, you know. Yes. We talk about that, you know, as warriors, we just persevere, we don't give up. Um, we know we are talented, we're gifted, and we allow it to enhance what we have, you know. So just being able to have the sports, the kids were, uh, very excited, as you see. Um, and after that, Pep Rally came out and support uh, the teams. So, you know, we were just fortunate and we were just blessed. And when you were full of all that uh, energy and happiness, you know, that's what you witnessed that day. I, I definitely, I definitely did get to uh, witness it that day. And it uh, had all the elements to make for a very exciting school year. Um, let's come off the topic of sports for a minute, and let's talk about something else unique that you brought to the school. Um, let's talk about your, your program for the young men. Let's talk about uh, the program mm -hmm. from the young Kappa men. Talk to me. Tell me what the exact formal name of the program is. Well, it's the Kappa Leaguers. You know, they fall um, within my fraternity, you know, and this is really a long story uh, about four years ago we were doing um, an event for HBCU college fair so while planning the event uh, we wanted to conclude the event with a step show nice yeah it would have been if we had a team <laughs> so we <laughs> So we were out there looking, trying to find teams to uh, step for the end of the show. So that didn't happen. So I called up a bunch of my fraternity brothers who I haven't seen in over 25, 30 years. Nice. But we stepped together all through colleges. Through, we did the New York City step show here. Um, we was on Stomp. Uh, we was on uh, New York City undercover. Uh, we stepped with Michael Jackson. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it just, you know, <laughs> didn't come across, didn't happen because uh, he had gotten ill. But I called these brothers and I told them where I was, what I was doing, what we were trying to do. And they came out to support me. Outstanding. And they came from all over, you know. Now you got a bunch of old men, so we uh, 
had one practice. <laughs> I kid you not. We went through one practice out in the city, NYU, and um, and we went out there and and we performed. Wow. So right after that performance, the very next day, about eight young men came in my office and they're like, Mr. Sibley's, what's fraternity? Yes. What's stepping? So I started to share what it is to them. And they said, why we can't have that here? Yes. Now, the funny thing about that, Kev, since I've been working even with Mr. Hodge, we kept saying, man, we need a mentoring club. We need a mentoring program. We need, and we were looking on the outside, you know, coming in. And lo and behold, when he said that, you know, I'm thinking, well, I'm the principal. I can't do this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was an uneasy feeling. And I came home and I shared it with my wife. And she gave me the blessing to just go ahead and do it. Because now you're taking time away from the family. Um, so I said, okay. And we started the mentorship program. Now, the thing about the mentorship program at the time is voluntary. Yes. I don't ask any kid. I tell them what it is. They come and, and they join. So by doing so, I teach these young men some principles, you know, you know, you got to graduate on time, um, respect women at all times, um, nonviolence, they take a pledge against, you know, uh, any violence in the community and in Excellent. the school as well. Um, you know, and so they were living by it. So after the first group, it just kind of took off. <laughs> yes. You know. Um, took off in the sense that, you know, we ended up on the news. They came to see, they heard what we were doing, the community. And um, now I had parents in Copeg, Amityville, um, <laughs> uh, half hollows, you know, give me a call. They want their son to be a part of this thing, you know? It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Most people don't understand um, how much kids want to belong to something positive. Um, if there's sports, that's one thing, but not everybody's athletically gifted. Uh, just a little bit of education for the people that are listening. Uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, the fraternity that Mr. Sibley's is speaking of, it's one of the eight predominant, uh, predominantly black fraternities and sororities. Uh, my only problem with the Kappa League is, is that I am a member of Phi Beta Sigma, so I wish you would have started the Sigma League. <laughs> But, um, you know, the one who has the vision, they get to do the work. Um, I love what you did on several levels. Um, I heard about it. I reached mm -hmm. out to you, as I often do, when I want to connect the school and the community to something I have in mind. And you guys came to Wyditch Day, and you tore it up. You know, the whole community got to see the young men march down Spray Path and come in the park. And they, you had them dressed to the T, all black bow ties, canes, the whole nine yards, and um, the discipline they exhibited. I think that's the thing that stood out to me the most. Yeah. Now, the thing about this, Kev, uh, that's most important to me as we talk about this program, mentorship program, is, you know, when I started the program the three, four years ago, we haven't had any gang issues in the school. You know, you know when you, when you do mentorship program it's about saving lives yes 
you know, that's bottom line, saving lives um, to allow our, our young men, right? And so it changed uh, the culture of that building drastically, you know? My only uh, fear was I was spending so much time with these young men that now the young ladies, uh, <laughs> they were, they had a lot to say. Yes. You know? They really had a lot to say. And, you know, I just had to get them to understand why I couldn't. And I, I would just not put myself in predicaments like that where, you know, things can uh, be said. Go, you know? go the wrong way. I absolutely understand. <laughs> you know, uh, because unfortunately, you know, some people look for just little things, you know. And so I shared that with them and, you know, they had a clear understanding you know because i was being called male chauvinist you know? <laughs> I, I have a name to call you i call it being a leader well yeah. fast forward to 2019 um i know through conversations i don't know a lot of details but during this school year um a woman's a girl's mentorship program was actually started i don't know if it was officially the delta club or what the name was i had a conversation with lisa simpson about what you guys were getting ready to do, but you know, not all things can take place at the same time, but the words in time are two words I use all the time. In due time, everything mm -hmm. that we desire will come to pass if we work, if we're patient, if we're diligent and persistent. So that was also getting ready to take place this year too, is my understanding. And uh, thanks be to God for my AP, Miss uh, Belina Woodley. Uh, when she came on board, I just kind of, made her aware that I need this program. Yes. Uh, we really need it. And um, she's a Delta, you know, but it's not under uh, Delta Sigma Theta sorority. Uh, it's a right to passage is the name. It's our own program that she created. And she is working with the young ladies now wine dance. That, that, that's and outstanding. Yeah. And Miss Lisa Simpson is uh, working uh, in concert with her. Well, Lisa's excellent. I've known Lisa's family my whole life. I, I don't know a time when I didn't know Lisa's family. So that's how far we go back. That's how strong our roots are in the wine dance community. Um, you said something earlier about once you started the Kappa Leaguers, there was no gang problem in the school. I, I think um, having the Kappa Leaguers, it filled the gap that's in every person's heart, not just every student's, I think there's a sense that everybody wants to belong to something that's a little bit bigger than themselves. Everyone um, wants that family. Maybe they don't have a strong nuclear family like you come from or that I come from, so they want that sense of belonging. So I would um, bet that having the Capital League is and giving them that sense of belonging took away the energy of something lesser like joining a gang. Hey, you, you know, these, these are our kids. These are our sons, these are our daughters, you know. Um, when I went into it, I went into it with my heart, my, my soul, everything, all right? And so, you know, <laughs> they wear the Kappa League symbol, the shield, uh, there's a meaning behind it. They had to res uh, accept the responsibility behind that. So what I tell them is, you know, there's a difference between a gang and what we call a fraternity, yes. right? So I, I, I get them to understand where you look at fraternity, you could almost label us as a gang, 
Yes. The difference because of the colors and the statue and the signs and the things of that nature. I said the difference between the gang and us is the gang is there to uh, bring down the community, but the fraternity and the sorority is here to uplift the community. Absolutely. Right? And I'm a clear example of that, you know. So here we are working now. Um, they bought into it and they have done tremendous work. Uh, around the community, um, just doing so many community events and so many awareness uh, events that we have and promote. And, you know, it's nothing like having these young men come back and then give back to the ones that's now behind them. It's the best thing when, you know, you have the ceremony and you look out in the audience and all the alumni came back. You know, that's when you know you're really building something special, and that's that's what it that's what is that's what it's all about. Um, one of the things that you said about the principles that uh, really jumped out to me. You talked about the principle of it being nonviolent. Um, I don't know if you remember when you and I first met, but I remember that uh, Mr. Hodge um, he brought you to an event that I was doing at a church in the community. It was called a Stop the Violence event. It was way back in 2007. It was both a church and community-based event. It was at a small church off Otis Avenue. It was at night. And here you are, you and Mr. Hodge, you're administrators in the school. You're not a resident of Wyandanche, but you didn't count it as robbery to take your time to come out at night. We had performances with the kids. We had contests. Uh, some of the kids won money, and they all came up with their own ideas of stopping violence. So... Anytime you're doing something positive in the community that gives a chance, the kids a chance to express themselves in any positive way that's nonviolent, you're always going to have my support and my um, allegiance to, to what you're doing. So I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I sleep peacefully knowing that people that care about the community that I'm from, that my family has lived in for uh, longer than my life. My family's lived directly across the street from high school for 64 years. So we're, we're deeply, deeply invested and rooted in the community. Okay, so we were having this conversation. We were on track from a school year that began without a budget, without hope, if you will, that found hope, that found activity, that had a football season. I was able to come to the homecoming game. It had a basketball season. And fast forward to March of this year, and it gets attacked by an invisible enemy. It's invisible enemy, uh, COVID-19, the pandemic. Um, it hit us so hard in every way possible. Talk to me about March of 2020, how it impacted you as a leader of the school. Anything you want to share with how it impacted you personally? Uh, I'm all ears. I'm just listening. Oh, man, not you, man. You have to be ready for anything, though. Um, that COVID-19 was expected. Um, when it came, we were supposed to be out uh, for a week, <laughs> and we were preparing for just that. And then, obviously, kind of just escalated to what it was. Now, the thing about this is, uh, many schools were not ready. Not ready in the sense that uh, you'll be conducting 
classroom lessons from home. Uh, we weren't equipped with the necessary tools uh, for all the kids, not all the Chromebooks, you know. And um, when we went to purchase, obviously we went to purchase when everybody else was purchasing. So there's a <laughs> so there was a waiting list, a waiting time, you know, during that time. And Big so, demand, very little supply. I understand. Very little supply. <laughs> So the other challenge is uh, you have some staff who weren't really technology savvy now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were apprehensive about, you know, uh, the technology aspect, right? Then you have some students who fall in the same category. Then you have students uh, who might not have internet access at home. Yes. Uh, there was just so many elements that come into play that, you know, you just ask God for just guidance and help with this thing, you know. Um, but we hit the, the ground running um, through the leadership of Dr. Talbert, you know. Um, we were able to give the teachers some assistance, you know, provide some, uh, you would say, a snapshot PD on Google Classroom. <laughs> But the takeaway from me is this, through this, you know, when I receive a phone call from a parent who uh, their child thought they you know, they were there to ensure that they show up for class. Lo and behold, she was there to learn a math problem. Okay. All right. So she never understood algebra, but mm. she sat during her son's lesson and learned algebra. And... She called me at the end of the year just to share that with me, how uh, happy she was to finally. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing thing. That is amazing. That well, is amazing. Yeah, you know, so that's one of the, the, the best takeaway from distance learning. So not only did you get the staff up to speed, you got the students through, but there's a parent who later in life learned algebra. That's amazing. Shout out to that uh, teacher. And I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, shout out my good friend, Dr. Talbot, for her leadership, undoubtedly, uh, during, during this time. That's amazing. Um, you talked about the factors that you couldn't control. Um, as you know, I own and operate an all-state agency. We had to shut down like everyone else did, and we had to step up with technology. Everyone yeah. had to go home. Everyone had to be wireless. Everyone needed a laptop. But there are some factors that you just don't know. You don't know the wireless strength in anybody's house. You just don't right. know. There's uh, different degrees of tech technology, technology skills for everybody. So it caught us by surprise. But three months later, I think we're better for it as a nation. It kind of dragged anybody that was dragging their feet and didn't want to participate in the digital world. All right. Here it is. Um, yep. Young people, I tell them all the time, if they're looking for a summer job, I said, don't look for a job. Look for one person that can't navigate the digital world that you can help. And you'll awesome. find your purpose. Just help one person. Somebody is being asked to do an email or something on their phone, and they don't know how to do it. They might be in your family. They might be a neighbor. But help them. And while helping them, you will find your way. Trust and believe. Um, older people need younger people with these skills now like never, ever, ever before. 
Right. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, when people have been doing certain things for a while, you know, they're kind of setting their ways, you know, so when you try to throw something new at them, they're really apprehensive <laughs> <laughs> of jumping in and going ahead, you know, but, uh, but, you know, there was some great takeaways from the teachers too, man. They, um, during our meetings, they talk about these new programs they suddenly found and how it can make their uh, the, their planning more uh, easier for them to do, you know, and they're sharing. They start sharing now. And, you know, it, it, that's what education is all about, you know, uh, ongoing learning. You never know everything, no. you know. And when you can have an open-minded spirit like that, you're going to excel in what you do, you know. And each year, I let the staff know during orientation every year, leave your egos at the door. <laughs> <laughs> if you allow your ego to take you over, you will never uh, become the master teacher that you really want to become, you know, because you feel you can't ask questions because of what somebody's going to think. You know, so I always start with me. I tell them I don't know everything. No. And when I know, I know where to go. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So let me let me change directions a little bit. So in addition to you being uh, a principal, leading an entire school district through through this change, um, I'm a big fan of yours on Facebook. I'm a fan of yours as a father. Um, I know the amount of time that the job must demand. I know the extracurricular time you're volunteering, but you seem to operate by a principle that I, I operate by, which is you probably don't miss any games. So talk <laughs> to us about your sons first. Tell me their names. Tell me what sport they play. And tell me what kind of dad are you in the stands? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm blessed. My wife, Carolyn, have blessed me with uh, two boys, uh, Luke and Aaron. Uh, Luke is now 16 years old and Aaron is 13. Uh, Luke plays baseball and basketball. Uh, he played North Street North High School. Uh, he was the uh, captain of both. Nice. He was the leading scorer in basketball on the his team last year. Um, his brother Aaron, he took it a step further. He's playing football, basketball. <laughs> and he's playing baseball. Nice. Uh, um, and as you indicated, uh, I, I just don't miss those games. You know, that's, that's the cutoff point. When I'm not at a wine, when I'm not at a wine dance basketball game, everybody know where I am. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, it's important. I have to lead by example, you know, yes. and both of them are also Kappa leaguers. Yes. So, you know, it helps uh, me um, to not put myself in a predicament where I'm neglecting my very own. Right? Mm -hmm. Everything starts at home. Right? And so to just have them with me with a clear understanding of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it is always an ongoing conversation. You know, um, my greatest investment is my two sons. You know? Yes. Um, and I have to make sure, you know, they are ready for uh, their success in society. So it's, I, I teach them uh, the expectation of the home, the values of the home. And then 
Um, we're Christians, we're Pentecostals, a church, and they're very involved in the church as well. So they're also musicians, you know, in the church. Excellent. You know, so we want them to be grounded. <laughs> Excellent. You know, and I'm blessed that they're really good young men in school. <laughs> I, I don't get calls. Yes. Um, and I don't take that lightly, you know. Yeah. Uh, so as a dad, you know, yeah, I'm at the game. I'm, I'm on pins, but I never yell at them. Uh, <laughs> it's always afterwards, just the ride home, you know. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you think, and I'll tell you what I think. Yes. You know. You know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> you're, and, you're a father after my own. You're a father <laughs> after my own heart. So uh, you and I have a lot in common. I have. Um, Three sons, uh, my two older ones, they've already successfully used sports as a ticket to college and a ticket to graduate from college to open up the world. And my youngest is 16, the same age as Luke, and he's going through the academic and athletic process right now. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul, I can tell you that my sons were good enough to earn scholarships to college. I can't mm -hmm. tell you much about any game, but I do remember a lot of car rides. And I saw it the <laughs> right. same way that you did. Yeah. And I always wanted to know what they saw. Rather than me telling them or yelling right. at them, I would always say, what did you see on that play? What did you see in that situation? And whether mm -hmm. it was on an on-the-court or on-the-field situation mm -hmm. or a situation where they weren't playing, how they conducted themselves, were you a leader on the bench? You have to be a leader in all of those situations. When you're the man and when you're the last player on the team, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact right. same thing if you have the uh, right mental approach. So right. that, that's excellent. I'm, I'm real happy to hear uh, the time you're investing, uh, that they're yeah. well-rounded, they're playing multiple sports, and that yeah. they're active in church. Each and every one of those things is critical and important. Um, yeah. The most impressive things you said to me is that you're getting them ready for success. And I like that. I like that. There's not enough people that have that clear outcome defined like it, the expectation that they're going to be successful is already is already is already there the only question is what are they going to be successful at but failure is right. not an option there you go and you being a, a man in a fraternity you know i'm sure you know what excuses are tools are weak and incompetent made to build right. monuments of nothing nothingness all right <laughs> <laughs> Every capital league know that, and they also know Invictus. Yes. Right. right. So they all know that, and they have to live that. You know, um, they didn't just uh, repeat these poems, but they had to be able to understand uh, yes. the root of these poems and who wrote it, why they wrote it. You know, um, and life is just that. You're a young black man, uh, where things are not going to be given to you. Uh, no. It's imperative that you work and that you really have uh, good coping skills uh, to, to deal with, you know, you, what it is you're going to be challenged with uh, as you transition out, you know? And so it's the same thing with my son. There's just no excuses, you know? Um, and with the ride, you know, I, I always ask questions. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want to give them the answer, you know? I always ask the question and kind of lead them mm -hmm. um, to self-correct. Yes. Um, and me, you know, a, a ball player also, it's hard. 
<laughs> so so let, let me let me ask you about you. Um, I think I know that you played football at Hofstra, but tell me your journey from high school to college sports and how did you become a principal? Oh man, I'm still trying to find out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, um, I went to Kennedy High School in the Bronx, you know, and uh, and we were just like wine has, man. Everything was sports. We had football, basketball, baseball, track, gymnastic, um, tennis, you know, in the Bronx. Nice. <laughs> you know, and um, I played football, basketball, baseball, and I ran track. Back then, you know, they let you do what you wanted to do, you know. And, uh, and I achieved Athletes of the Year. Uh, we won the football championship that year. We were the first football team in the Bronx to beat the Catholics. Nice. And uh, I'll never forget the next day, uh, St. John's couldn't beat Kennedy Knights with a pope, a bishop, uh, <laughs> and a Paul. Oh, my gosh. The apostles for them to, to beat us, you know. Um, but when I left Hostra, I played ball at Hostra, then I had to try out with uh, the, the Jets, uh, the uh, Cardinals. And uh, and the Braves. Well, I mean, the professional. Hold up, I got to stop right there. You had professional tryouts in multiple yeah. sports. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you know, it was God's will for me to be where I am, though. At the same time, you know, I had a couple accidents, um, blew my shoulder out, you know, and uh, that was it. But, um, you know, again, things happen for a reason. Yes. You know? um, so as I share with these guys, when you go to college, they're using you, so you have to know how to use them. That's the tool. Absolutely. Sports allowed me to get a free college education. Can't beat that, right? Yeah. Um, and at the time I attended Hofstra, it was only about four or five black guys on the football team. Okay. <laughs> um, but after that year, <laughs> there were a couple more that came on. Excellent. After, after they were able to see what we were able to do, you know. Um, and then after I graduated uh, in 91, uh, I started working in a boy's home. I went to college to be a sportscaster, communication. Okay. okay. What do, right? <laughs> so uh, back then, you know, I did a couple interview with the Jets. And, you know, you just kind of learn that, it's not what you know, but it's who you know if you want to get ahead in that field. Of course. Uh, so all my life I've been working with kids. You know, the summer youth job, I was a counselor working with kids, you know, and I was working a boy's home again with kids. So one of my friends uh, introduced me to teaching. Okay. And I said, me? Teach? No way. <laughs> No way. <laughs> but I went. I uh, went. It was in Brooklyn, East New York. Okay. Woo! That's a challenge. That's a challenge. You you make it there, you make it anywhere. So are we talking late 90s Brooklyn? Yeah. yeah. We're talking Biggie's Brooklyn. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I started there. Mr. Hodge was working there, too, at the same time. And we had some challenges there, but then we came together because there were a bunch of teachers there that were brothers of color. And we just kind of met and decided, you know what? 
we going to uh, make a difference, you know? And, um, and we did just that. And the principal was most appreciative of what we did. And then she just kind of told me, you're going to be an administrator. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm good right where I am. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just that woman that don't take no for an answer. And she just placed me in the program. And that was it. Then I transitioned to an elementary school, another area where I was telling the superintendent at the time, the little ones are not for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's like, Mr. Sillies, I need you here. I think you would do well here. And I fought and I fought. He placed me there. And it was actually uh, the five best years in education for me right there, simply wow. because uh, you were able to see how kids develop these necessary skills mm -hmm. and how foundation is so relevant for you to excel later on because you build on it yes. as long as you learn the necessary skills. Yes. You're not reading by third grade. Um, you're, you're almost finished. Wow. You know, um, and then the, back then the fourth grade reading score is what they use. The data from that is what they use to uh, decide how many prisons they're going to make. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay? So that's how they generate these these prisons from fourth grade reading scores. All right. Um, so uh, I was able to observe these teachers, and I tell you, elementary teachers are one of the most creative people you ever associate yourself with. You know, uh, those teachers know how to modify, how to pretend, just make learning really fun. I've, I've always respected them, Sibs. Um, yeah. As a parent, I've sat on many parent-teacher conferences in the beginning of the year where they lay out their business plan. And they'll say that, you know, Johnny's in first grade, and by the end of the year, he's going to go from word recognition to reading chapter books. And I'm like, okay, how are you <laughs> going to do that? But then <laughs> You know, as an administrator, there's a very specific business plan and processes that they go through. And by the end of the year, Johnny is reading chapter books. And I, I've sat there as a parent and I've looked around and I said, okay, I run a business. I know how to do this, but how are right. we going to pull this off? And they do. So I have great respect for educators yeah. and teachers and how they plan and, yeah. and how they execute their plan. Yeah. So to me, to really sit where I am and experience every level right now, you know, I feel most comfortable. I started off in middle school, <clears throat> then I went to the elementary school, and then I transitioned to wine dance to high school, you know. Um, so it's a pleasure just being able to um, have that experience behind me so I can certainly uh, speak directly to the truth, to the teachers, you know. Absolutely. Um, can't talk over me or around me because, uh, <laughs> you know, your experience, you know, it, it, it says a lot. It's it, price. It, it speaks volumes. Yes, it speaks sir. volumes. Um, so we started with last year's school year. We went to the beginning of this school year. We talked about the absence of the budget, the vision, how it came to pass. We talked about the good things we're able to get done. And um, 
how the invisible enemy, the pandemic COVID-19 took that away from us. But you and I talked probably a month ago at 11 o'clock at night, and I was asking you, what are you thinking about the graduation? And you had a few things you were working on. Um, and I know you didn't get exactly what you wanted, but what you did those last two days between the parade um, up Straight Path and up Jamaica Avenue, and then the actual ceremony that happened on Saturday that was safe, social distancing in the car, that was beyond um, my imagination, beyond what I conceived that you guys would have been able to pull off. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, you want to give these kids everything they deserve. <laughs> that, that's just simply what it is, you know. Um, they worked hard for it, and they should have it, you know. Same thing as with my own sons, you know, when they – uh, succeed in class, whatever they ask for, you just feel uh, open heart. You worked for this, you know, you should have it. And I uh, see our kids the same way. This year was quite an experience um, going to each home to deliver those uh, <laughs> yard signs, um, driving around with some uh, great group of staff that I have. I tell you, none of this is possible without. Uh, the staff I have around me, man, I tell you, they're some of the most amazing, caring, passionate people uh, you could find. Uh, they weren't paid for any of that. That was all voluntary. Wow. You know, you know so that's a rare thing. Miss Shannon and Miss uh, Lloyd, uh, they took this senior class and they did it on their own, you know, wow. due to uh, the budget, you know, they weren't able to get paid, but they still moved on for this class. So you got to go where, all right? And there's a couple more of those in the high school. Uh, so we did the lawn signs and uh, that was great. And then we did the uh, the drive-through, you know, and that was great. <laughs> uh, I love the party van you had there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Devin was your your, your goddaughter. <laughs> he was a pleasure to have. She's a really good girl, you know. And um, the only thing that bothered me is those students that weren't able to come, you know, without vehicles, you know. Okay. There's always that part of it that just uh, gripped me, you know, because everything you plan, you feel like somebody's going to lose out. So how can we... Um, how can we help those? You know? Absolutely. And some of my staff uh, was ready for it. You know, they were willing to take the ride with them uh, again so they could have a memorable year. Graduation. That was like no other, you know. Yes. You were on the stage doing the electric slide. I enjoyed oh, it. I just realized that after a while, what am I doing here, you know? No, but you were, you were celebrating a well-deserved moment. Um, yeah. I want to go backwards for the listeners that did, may not understand uh, the yard signs. So, Mr. Sibley's, you actually delivered class of 2020 graduate signs to each student in the graduating class. And you took pictures with them, and sometimes the family was there, and sometimes there was more than one sibling. Um, that is such a personal experience. And at the end of the day, whether they made it to the parade or the ceremony, 
they all had um, personal closure to their school year. Um, I noticed I was very attentive to all the details at the graduation. And I noticed with the commencement, you had the right word up there. I think you ended with the words, the beginning, because that's certainly what it is. It's not the end of their journey in school. It's the beginning of the rest of their lives. And I thought that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's what our job is. Our job is to ensure that we give them the tools and the skills necessary for them to transition for the beginning uh, of their success, you know, to move on. And um, sometimes people are always talking about college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a good thing. But some of my kids is, is not for college, not about college but that doesn't mean they can't be successful. I let them know how much I need my barber, how yes. much I need my plumber, how much I need my electrician, you know? Um, and you could be successful with that, you know, just owning your own businesses, you know? Um, so we, we, we promote that also in, in, the, in the high school, you know? Um, and I wish to all your alumni out there my biggest wish is that we still had that mechanic shop that oh wood shop, that metal shop these are so necessary right now for me to keep these students in school okay so let me uh let me do this i hear what you're saying loud and clear one of the most successful um graduates of having access to those things owns and operates a business in the wine dance community and offline you and i are going to take the steps to create an internship program that connects at least one or two students to his business every year so they can see that because he is a product of that wood shop and his artistic skills and his graphic ability comes out of it I think you might be wearing a shirt that's designed by him right now. I'm talking about Byron James. Uh, oh, logo Byron. King. Yeah, Byron, the logo king. So he's an output. You talked about electricians. Um, I spoke to a long-term Whiteness resident alumni who is in charge of the electricians unit. He's responsible for everything from the 50s in Manhattan all the way up through um, Harlem and Dykeman Street. So we have alumni in a lot of places. And you and I will talk offline because they all want to do something. Um, College was the right path for me, but I don't think it's the right path for everyone. The trades are always going to be there. We cannot function without electricians, plumbers, landscapers, painters. You know, we can't function without any of them. And in nothing else in the past hundred days, I've become a big proponent of YouTube University. Anything that you desire to learn it is yeah. a YouTube video away. Um, so if you have a smartphone, you can learn how to do it. It's a good place, low cost, to invest a little time to really master master a new skill and um, and just do it. My middle son started two or three businesses. I don't want to miss it during the pandemic because he developed new skills and he fulfilled new needs. Um, he helped people with masks. Now he's doing, you know, personally designed shirts, customized things. So um, mm-hmm. the opportunity is there for everyone. And you don't need a lot to get started. So certainly we'll pick that conversation up online. Right. So okay. we're coming up on our time. 
But let's talk about the future. We talked about the past. We talked about the present. Talk to me about the conversations you're in now and what the expectations are for the 2020-2021 school year. I know it's early. We're having this conversation. It's July 2nd, 10 o'clock at night. Um, I know we're a long way away from September, but from where you sit and what you're hearing right now, what's the expectation for school resuming as normal in September? Well, we're not a long way away. Believe me, it's around the corner. Um, you know, the, the, the funny thing about it is, you know, how they're looking for us to tell them what we're doing. Okay. Whereas I feel you should be telling us, I'm talking from the state, you know, what we're actually doing. You know, you don't start bottom up because we can create something, you'll knock it down. <laughs> but more so because, you know, they know what the, uh, the new policies are that's going to be rolled out and, you know, things of that nature. And, you, and you're looking at almost every uh, month, you know, there's a change, you know. So right now for me, I'm looking for us to get back in the building and so you guys know that's what this all came from you know <laughs> i decided i'm not cutting this off until like my kids are back in the building you know nice got hair on my head now you know <laughs> <laughs> i haven't put a razor to my head until my kids are back in that building you know so the budget was passed so hopefully you know we can do some things um you know, and I talk about the budget, you know, we're, we're just not getting what we're supposed to get, guys. And, you know, uh, it's important that we come to a realization of that. You know, it's not about equal, it's mm -hmm. about equity, right? Um, equal, I could give everybody $20 right now, you know, but some people's rent more than the other. Some people's car note is more than the other, you know? Mm -hmm. What I mean by that for me is we have, uh, one of the largest special ed groups, you know, uh, that costs much more. I have ENL students that need extra uh, uh, support, that costs much more. When you look at other schools that have maybe 1%, we have 53% Hispanic, okay? So when, when we're not properly funded, then, you know, students take a hit, you know? When you have classes with 30, 40 kids, that's a problem, you know? It impacts learning. So as we're transitioning September, as you indicated, you know, it's are we in or out? Um, we're planning for both, all right? Okay. The plan be in place for both. And so until uh, we hear more in regards to where the state uh, stands with this new policy pertaining to COVID-19, um, then we're just planning for both right now. Excellent. And I think that's where everybody is at. I know I'm in the same place with my business. Um, we began this conversation well, in the middle. We talked about COVID that you thought you'd be shutting down for a week or two. That's yeah. what I thought in March. I thought I was going to close for a week or two and come right back. Um, mm -hmm. Here we are almost four months later. Next week will be four months where we haven't been able to open and we're left to figure out a lot of things on our own. And I think the whole world that um, we have to become very familiar with alphabets that we didn't have to master before. We have to watch right. what the CDC says and the right. World Health Organization and all these things. And 
obviously yeah. keep uh, safety first and health first. Um, right. But together, we will we will figure it all out. Mr. Right. Sibley's, Paul Sibley's, you have been an amazing guest on Wine and Dine, Wine Down with Kev. I appreciate you being here. I forgot to ask you what's in what's in your glass. What what do you have? I got a Yankee glass, of course. Got a Yankee glass. It looks like a champagne glass, but I don't believe yeah. you have champagne in it. What do you have in there? Oh, uh, this is you know I'm Jamaican, so. Uh... <laughs> 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 this is a little iced tea and orange juice. That's a that's a beautiful thing. But well, what you got to educate me? What do you call that iced tea and orange juice? Uh, Sibley's drink. Sibley's drink. That's all right. <laughs> well, as a toast to the island, I do have an island island drink here. I have a little Malibu rum and a little pineapple juice. Uh, we're just winding down, having a relaxing conversation. But I do want to toast to you. To great right, success, uh, nothing but peace, blessings, happiness to you and your family. Uh, we pray and hope for all good things for the Wyandanne School District and everything that you put your hand to. We hope and pray that it turns to go. Thank you so much, Kevin. And I uh, pray the same thing to for you and your business. I pray God bless you abundantly. Um, you have the right spirit. And, you know, you have been a real pillar in the community. Uh, I know where your heart is, and more than anything, just the spirit of who you are um, is what allowed me to, you know, uh, be the type of person I am when, you know, I see you around. You know, I'll never forget when I first started the, the school uniform, and you came 6.30 <laughs> in the morning yes. to welcome those kids in. I never forgot that. And yes. you were, uh, you were just so happy and thrilled, just the old you know about who you are you know yes and um i really appreciate that you know i really do and thanks for all you're doing for the community i see you trying to make a difference in everything you do and as i indicated man god is going to bless you uh, abundantly thank you i appreciate it. your mouth to god's ears all right brother peace all right it's kevin span the insurance guru signing off wine and dine with kev Talk to my good friend, Mr. Paul Sibley's. Thank you for tuning in to Wind Down with Kev. You can find Kevin Spann, the insurance guru, on Facebook at AKS Insurance, Instagram at Kevin Spann underscore insurance guru, and on Twitter at Kevin Spann Guru. Have a topic you would like to discuss or a guest you would like to see on the show? Send Kevin an email at Kevin Spann at allstate.com.